This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, the morning after the night before. <laughs> That's what this is today. Is it really does? I really do feel very drained uh, this morning. Good morning. I hope you are well. Hello, welcome to the Gunatool. Back again with you guys for another show. As we have now to experience a week, well, not even a week actually. We are playing a midweek in the League Cup. Hopefully, that will be a slight reprieve. I, I might even do a watch along for that game just to. You know, sit and chat and chill, get some people on it as well to watch. We'll have a look. We'll see what happens because uh, I'm not on shift on, on Wednesday evening. But uh, yeah, it's going to be, look, until until the international break is over, until the transfer window is closed, it's going to be a real, real tough period for us Arsenal fans. And that's why, we, as we always say, it's important that you have more in your life than just Arsenal. If you have a job that's different, I don't. <laughs> I don't have that escape from my nine to five. But beyond that, have something going on in your life that's not just Arsenal because you will go mad if it isn't just around this. Friends, family, hobbies, go do something because we're going to need it over these next couple of weeks or so. You are going to need something else in your life. Um, but while you are with us and while we are talking Arsenal, please make sure you drop a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Um, before we get into kind of all the transfer news, link is in the description to the article I wrote up yesterday on the, uh, the cronky out protest that never was, um, that never materialised yesterday. I hope you enjoy the read. It kind of delves into the issues behind it, what this means for any kind of future movements and protests. So give that a read. Link is in the description. And also, uh, I just want to say that I obviously I've loved doing these 8am shows, but hearing the amount of people that came up to me yesterday and saying that they love the 8am shows, when someone comes up to you go, hey, you're the 8am guy. Look, it, it makes me want to carry on doing these shows. Um, and it makes me, after the transfer window closes, it makes me want to just, you know, we will continue this. I, I won't make, I, maybe I can't commit to it as every single day because I'll be doing stuff early in the mornings at times, uh, not during the transfer window. 
but I am going to try my hardest to keep these 8am shows going and it will become, it won't be the Arsenal transfer news uh, because obviously there won't be any transfer window open, but it will be the Arsenal news show and we will be going through the daily events and news. And I get to answer a load of your questions in the mornings as well and we can have a chat and discussion. So I am looking forward to, to continuing this show into the season and uh, and seeing where it goes because it's become kind of my morning routine. You get up early, you're awake, you're ready for the day. And uh, and yeah, it's good. Anyway, let's go into the, the uh, news. And we do start off with news rather than specifically transfer news. Uh, ben White, of course, was not available for the game yesterday against Chelsea because he is ill. Now, we expect this probably to be uh, in result of a positive test. Uh, he is unlikely to also be available for Manchester City. Uh, for those that weren't aware, Mikel Arteta confirmed that it is unlikely that Ben White will be available for the Man City game. So White, Partey, Gabriel all coming back after the international break. Hopefully those guys for the Norwich game will be back and ready and, and raring to go for that game because we will need a big boost of quality when we do face uh, Norwich. Because that is basically going to be when our season starts officially, is in the fourth game of the season, which is awful. But it's the situation. Kieran Tierney as well. We aren't yet fully aware of the extent of the Scotland International's uh, injury. He came off with what was believed to be kind of a quad issue. Um, Tavares, of course, came on. Tavares will most likely play in midweek and start against West Brom. But we don't know if Tierney's injury will keep him out of the weekend or beyond. Obviously, I'll wait to find out the results of that. But it was confirmed that he, he came off because of a an injury which meant he couldn't continue. And I don't, how can you think that it wouldn't be after the amount of running that he did yesterday? Did more running on the pitch than anyone else, mainly because of the, the positions of the tactics being so wrong. Martinelli, of course, also was taking off. He was taken off just with cramps, so that shouldn't be too much of an issue. He should hopefully be available uh, for the Manchester City game, maybe even the West Brom game. It wasn't a serious issue as to why he left the field. Um, now, Mikel Arteta did speak after the game about transfers in which he said that anything can happen. We can have players in or out. Now, no specific names were mentioned during the conference uh, and during the interviews. However, uh, it, it to me anyway, for him to have turned around and said something like really, you know, dismissive of transfers would have been worrying. The fact that he has said that we can have players in or out, it gives me that, you know, that little tiny scrap of hope that maybe we can get something done in the rest of the window. What that will be is purely at the moment speculation. There isn't any genuine solid links to a specific player on an, kind of on a, a transfer in basis right now. I expect those will emerge in the next week or so. We'll be obviously here to cover all of that and keep you up to date of when those do arise. It's mainly going to be outs, is, is the expectation. And starting off with the possible outs, Sayer Kalasnach was in fact on the bench yesterday for Arsenal and that was because simply we don't have enough players. <laughs> like, we had so many players injured that uh, we had to put Kalasnach on the bench. I was still surprised to see him there, um, but he is expected to leave. Fenerbahce have a kind of agreement with him, and now it's just the finer details of Arsenal. Chris Wheatley did report that Arsenal should receive even a nominal fee for the deal, but the main thing is getting his huge wages off the wage bill. He's expected to earn around 1.8 million euros a year, uh, which is a huge drop from the five-odd million quid he was getting a year at Arsenal. So a big drop, but he is going to be playing, which seems to be what he wants as a priority. So fair play to him. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has suddenly become a favourite move for Burnley. Burnley are now the favourites to take Ainsley Maitland-Niles from Arsenal before the end of the window. We know that teams like Wolves are still, you know, in the running and interested, supposedly. 
But Burnley are the out-and-out favourites now to sign Ainsley Maitland-Niles, if indeed he does go. I'm still very much expecting him to stay. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think he'll start in midweek, and I think that Nelson will start in midweek, and I think you'll, you'll see a lot of the other kids. Balogun will probably start in midweek too, um, which is going to be a test because West Brom are a very decent championship side, obviously, in the Premier League last season. We want to progress because these League Cup games are going to be important for bedding in some youngsters. Miguel Aziz, maybe he's going to get some minutes. I hope he does. If he doesn't, I don't know why he's staying. I don't know why he wouldn't go out on loan if he's not going to play in these games. So it will be interesting uh, as to what team is put out. But Maitland-Niles is now... uh, Burnley are now the favourites to take him from the club uh, before the end of the window. Bellerin was not involved in the matchday squad whatsoever. Now, there was obviously the Bay FC Bell saying that this is because of a minor injury. Now, make of that what you will. Um, but we know very much so that Bellerin is is looking to leave and looking to push us out of the, looking to push himself out of the club. Um, but ultimately, we still are very much unaware uh, of the fact that uh, no clubs are really pushing in terms of um, in terms of a bid, in terms of an offer, in terms of talks. We've heard nothing. Um, and interestingly, just as I was about to move on to the next story, Eddie and Ketia, according to David Ornstein, is very much interesting Crystal Palace. Now, in uh, David Ornstein's article, it says that Crystal Palace are wanting him for around £10 million and Arsenal are wanting a figure closer to £20 million. I think this is ridiculous. Like, he's got a year left on his deal. He's not going to play. We need to get players out. We need to get money in. You have just got, you've got to, you know, cut your losses at the moment. You've got to cut your losses at this stage, Arsenal. If they're offering 10 million quid for Eddie and Ketia and you want 20 million, you're not going to get 20 million. You're not going to get 20 million quid for Eddie and Ketia. So we'll, we'll come on to more of that, I'm sure, in the Q&A section. But that is just broken. Thanks to those that pointed it out in the, uh, in the chat box. But David Ornstein reporting that um, Eddie Nketiah is interesting at Crystal Palace and they are ready to pay around £10 million for him. But Arsenal want uh, around £20 million. So there you go. Um, there is interest and there, he is expected to go. So that's a positive thing for Arsenal ultimately. Now, in regards to possible ins, Bellerin, of course, could be used in a swap deal with Kieran Trippier. And in yesterday morning show, we did a tactical breakdown of Kieran Trippier. If you haven't, Watch that already. Please make sure you go and check it out. We made some statistical comparisons between Bellerin, Emerson and Max Ahrens. It is the it's two shows ago before this one. So please do go and watch it and check it out and find out about Kieran Trippier. But the interest is still there. Uh, Trippier came off the bench in, in both of Atletico Madrid's first two games. Marcus Llorente played in a right wing back role in their 1-0 win. Um, so he could be interested in a move to be insured, uh, like, in, like you know, insured first team football at Arsenal and first team football in general. He might be interested in that type of deal. They may be interested in taking Bellerin away from us. It's something that could happen. And the logistics of the fact that he's not playing for Atletico Madrid from the start could also give some insight into that willingness maybe to move to get first-team football towards the latter stages of his career. And then the last story is the interest in Alex Moriba, um, the uh, 18-year-old central midfielder for Barcelona whose contract situation is still unresolved and his future is still unresolved. And yet again, Arsenal yesterday were reportedly very much interested in Moriba. No official talks or bid is yet understood to have been 
conducted or made towards Barcelona. But Arsenal are still very much interested. Look, if we want to send a midfielder, yeah, absolutely. But he, this guy is very talented. It's, and he's very cheap, honestly. Like he's he's not he's not going for too much. Thirty million odd quid was what be what was being touted. But I just for me, I feel like if Arsenal go for a centre midfielder and we're going to spend money, spend it on a spend it on a really good centre mid. Upgrade our central midfield area. That's a starter. That's experienced. That's going to come in and you know make an immediate difference. So that interest is there in Mariba, but. Ultimately, Arsenal, um, I believe anyway, should be pushing ahead with a deal for a more, you know, established quality mid twenties centre midfielder. Come in, do the business. Eve Basuma, <laughs> all day long. Clearly, what I'm talking about, Eve Basuma. Just do it. Anyway, that is uh, a very brief trip around the news this morning. Uh, so if you do indeed have any questions that you'd like to ask, please do throw them into the chat box, and I'll do my absolute best to answer them for you. Um, let's go into the chat box. Tyre says, uh, constantly using tactics that are counterproductive against our style of players. We have no aerial threat, yet we constantly cross the ball into the last person. A score for us has, been, <laughs> has gone to Newcastle. Very true. Um, he is the last person to really score uh, headers and known for be scoring uh, with area ability is Joe Willock. And we've sold him. So why are we still lobbing balls into the box and praying? Um, Mr. Harrison Cullaby says, hey, to my love to uh, Kieran Trippier tactical breakdown, but I still don't want him. I'm not keen on offering a multi-year deal and play, paying a fee for a 31-year-old, although I do agree about bringing in experience. I think the age thing is just something people have got to get over. I think people are very much aware of what happened with Willian. It's a hard thing to kind of, you know, commit to again in terms of a player of that age. But if they're a starter, and if they're a significant upgrade on what we've already got, I just don't see the drawbacks of a deal like that. Uh, Henrik says, morning, Tom. Could a player like Lille's uh, Zeki Celik uh, be one for Arsenal? I like Zeki Celik. I think he statistically holds up really well. He didn't have the best of Euros. Turkey didn't have the best of Euros. It wasn't just Celik. It was the entire team. I think he's played with Pepe previously as well. So you've got that former connection being re-established. I'd be up for a, a Zeki Celik. I think that's a very good move for Arsenal to do this window. Drusi says, what do you think uh, our best midfield combo is? Uh, to be honest, I'd loved it to be Lukonga and, and Partey. I think Lukonga, whilst he's still got a lot to improve, and on paper you would say that he's not like Xhaka is, is a more experienced and more well-rounded player, but Lukonga's playing better than him right now. Lukonga is absolutely our, one of our best, if not our best player at the start of the season. So Lukonga and Partey absolutely would be the, the two that I would pick if everyone was fit. Um, Amandeep says, just saw Leeds United's 2003-04 lineup. They were too good to go down. Not saying this will happen to us, but let's not rule it out completely. <laughs> Thanks for that, Amandeep. Omar says, can congratulate me for finally getting up in time for a show. Yes, Omar, finally tuning in for one of our 8am shows. Uh, Andreas says, Fabrizio tweeted that Camavinga's available for 35 million euros. Maybe is what we need in midfield. No brainer. For me, OG says, Tom, are we giving Arteta time to firmly place us in a relegation fight before we let him go? We have improved since last year and £129 million later, we still haven't improved in terms of the team. Uh, what's going on, really? I, I don't know when they would cut the cord. I don't know what it would take for them to cut the cord. I don't think they will cut the cord. I, I very much feel like Arteta is going to be here for the foreseeable future. I don't see that changing. I feel like they are 100% backing him. So I don't see it. I don't see any differences. I don't see any changes. I don't see any 
any kind of move for a new coach in the coming weeks and months, I don't. I think it could get worse. I think we could be very much bottom half for a significant period and they still not make a decision. I just don't get that feel that they are going to change anything. Uh, Nived says, Tom, what's your thoughts on Saul Niguez? Um, I like him. I like him a lot. I don't know why he would move to Arsenal. He's, I think he, he could get a pick of Liverpool, United, even Chelsea is said to be interested. Why would he come to Arsenal? That's That's the problem. That's the issue that we have right now. Um, Arsenal Gunner says playing weakened sides means we are tanking these games. Uh, I think that, that I'd never had an expectation we were going to win or get anything from the game against Chelsea. But I have concerns about all the games that we're playing because of how we're playing, because of how tactically naive we're playing in these games that I have no hope. I mean, look at the Brentford game. Brentford was far, 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 far the better team. And if we're going to go into all our games like that, we are going to be primed for the slaughter. Like clubs like Norwich are going to be going into games against Arsenal, not like they go into games against Chelsea and City where they have to play reserved and then eventually they get battered like Norwich did at City. They're going to go in thinking they can get a result because no one fears Arsenal. Arsenal are a good matchup, a good team to play right now. They're in disarray. And that's only going to encourage our opponents, ultimately. And, and that's not a good place to be in. Mo Fala says, uh, hi, Tom. Do you know of two experienced and cheap defensive midfielders in the championship Arsenal could get us back up? I think they would be better than our current options. Uh, honestly, no, I don't. I get that there's uh, satire in your comment. But look, Arsenal need to be bringing in a starting central midfielder to improve that area of the pitch. It's such a big necessary area. But for me, right back is still the number one priority we have to improve the right-back position because it's frankly, it's it's awful. It's awful right now, that right-back position. Cedric is just so poor. Maitland-Niles is not good enough. Bellerin not good enough. Chambers is a utility man that's extensively a, a centre-back that can do a job at right-back, but he's not good enough to be a starter for Arsenal. I thought I was okay with it, but it's really clear and obvious to see how lacking we are in an offensive sense with that right-back position. And Pepe just has to do so much on his own. Pepe was running for days yesterday against Chelsea, trying to make stuff happen. No one was overlapping him. No one was keeping up with play with him. It was so, so lacklustre. And we just need someone to come in and really support Nicolas Pepe. But I I don't know if I see it happening. I don't know if I see us bringing one in now. I I really thought we could have and would have been bringing a right-back in but it just does not look like it's going to happen. James says, why was the protest so poorly attended? And do you think they will be better attended if we are bottom six in October or November? It's interesting. One of the people I spoke to after the game yesterday and interviewed said that if you'd have seen a protest after today's game, you would have seen a lot more people attend. I think one of the facts was is it was the first full game back full attendance at home. That was one of the reasons. I also think one of the big reasons was it's really poorly organised. No one really organised it. It didn't even have a location. It didn't even tell people where they were meeting. I spoke to people that were in and around the stadium waiting for it, and they had no idea where it was starting. I rang up Dan Potts, who was going to the game, and I said to him, do you know where it started? He had absolutely no idea. No one knew where the protest was going to begin. It was one of the worst organised things I've seen. And that's the problem, is that you have people sending tweets that aren't going to be going, spreading this information about a protest that has no organisation at all people clout chasing people ask like trying to get likes and retweets for posting a protest they're not going to go to not thinking about the actual effect that that will have 
I have nothing against the protest if it's done in the right way. And if you want to protest like they did after the Super League situation, that was done, you know, 99% of it was done as as you'd want. We had people on the ground in that protest saying how amazing it was. You're always going to get a couple of idiots in every scenario, in every walk of life. You're going to get a couple of idiots and you can't hit the block button when you're in real life. So it's it was just really poorly organized and uh, i don't think the mood was as such ahead of the first home game of the season that people wanted to get involved but there you go christopher says um is it that all these players aren't good enough um or is it that arteta's tactics and ability to get the best out of these players he signed cedric kept ainsley and bellerin it's all on him chris i think it's definitely a combination of both i think that there are players in this team that are not good enough you've named a few of them there I think there are players in key positions like central midfield and right back at centre-back that are right now centre-back. We don't have White and Gabriel. I'm hoping when those two are fit, that's going to really, you know, improve on our situation. But we are lacking horribly in so many key areas of the pitch quality. And and without that, we are tame and tepid. And then when you combine that with, with, with tactics that just don't have any kind of guile or directness or edge to them, you're not you're not going to succeed the players look like they're, they've literally they're doing it themselves they look like a seven aside team that go out have no training every single week and just go out and play as best as they can that's what it looks like that's how it feels to me there's nothing i don't see a system i don't see any patterns it's really really concerning uh mahamdim says uh thoughts on roberto martinez a potential replacement premier league experience well regarded thierry on relinks i'm not I, i'm not 100% convinced by Martinez. I'm not sure. I feel like he has benefited from having an amazing, an amazing team in Belgium. At Everton, he really collapsed and failed at Everton. And, and that was a, like you speak to Everton fans about the end of the Martinez tenure and it was dreadful. It was awful. So I have reservations. But he's more experienced than Arteta, far more experienced than Arteta. So I feel like we just need to go down the road with someone that's genuinely got the experience of improving a side. I'd love a Brendan Rodgers. I'd love, I'd bite your arm off of Brendan Rodgers right now. <laughs> like it's, it's silly. I just feel it's silly at this point to, to continue on in a situation with, with something that's not progressing, progressing and not improving. So he says, Tom, will you take Coop Miners as a centre mid? I don't think Coop Miners is the improvement that we need. I think Coop Miners is a very good centre midfielder. I just don't think he's, a Basuma level midfielder. I don't think he's what we need. I think he's too similar to Granite Xhaka. Um, I just think that I, I know he's not exactly the same, but I just think there's too many characteristics like the deep line playmaker style of role. I know he's more progressive, but I just think he's too similar. Um, and I'd rather go for a Basuma. I'd rather go with someone that's more more kind of a player that can turn, that can run with the ball more, that can progress forwards. I like Basuma because he's got a lot of Partey's traits in his game. So despite being more disciplined and defensive than Partey, but I, I just think for me, if you're going to go for a centre midfielder, just, just buy Basuma. Just, I just want to grab Arteta and shake him and just be like, buy Basuma because that, I just feel like that is just changes us so much in the middle. Uh, Tebow says, only Conte seems the safest bet at the moment. We just can't afford him and we're too low down for him. I tend to agree. Um, Andy, I have no idea where the goals are going to be coming from at the moment. I'm hoping that when Odegaard comes in, maybe that will change things for us. Jasha says, Tom, can believe, can you believe that after spending 120 million, we still haven't addressed our sentiment position? Is this negligence? Absolutely, it's negligence. We haven't seen the improvement in two key areas, sentiment and right back. It's absolute negligence. It's 
it's really poor from the recruitment side of things. We've done things we've needed to do, and I give them credit for that. All that 120 million, I have no problem with that money that was spent, but I have a problem with the fact that we've not addressed such key positions on the pitch. That's what I have an issue with. Uh, Wes Lee says, can we look at uh, Arteta's way of thinking as long-term? And although we many, uh, although many would have better results at the moment, he is maybe building something bigger. Wes, I understand this point of view. I un I get the idea that, look, we're, we're building for the future. But the problem is, is teams like Arsenal, at the stature of Arsenal, on the, in, in England, in Europe, all of them build to the future. Liverpool have invested in youth. Leicester have invested in youth. And yet they're remaining competitive, Wes. This is the problem, is that you can't sacrifice competitive play in the present for the future if what's going on right now practically near on relegates you. Like, it feels like you... We're, I don't see where the next win's coming from. I don't see where the next goal's coming from. So it's, you can all talk about a long-term project and how this is a gradual process of improvement, but I don't see any improvement. A gradual process of improvement is steady going up and up and up and up. It's not flatline and then explode all of a sudden because while you're flatlining, the, the consequences of that are too grave for a club like Arsenal in a league like the Premier League. It's not like Leipzig. You can't do what Leipzig have done. There are too many good teams in the Premier League. You cannot flatline yourselves for so long because you will get eaten up by the league. It's not like that with other leagues. I have a lot of respect for for leagues like La Liga and Liga and the Bundesliga, but the competitiveness across the Premier League and the quality in the Premier League is just of a different standard. It is just of a higher level. It's not to say that they are they are low levels. They're not. They are very good leagues. But the Premier League is an, an elite, absolute top-level league and by far the best in the continent. And if you flatline for a certain period, you will get eaten up. You will diminish. You will decline. And that is what is going on with Arsenal. If Arsenal was situated in Liga, in La Liga, in Bundesliga, in Serie A, they would maybe be able to survive in a much better sense. They could maybe remain competitive with the top six more than they are with the, with the top six, far more than they would be able to compete with the top six in the Premier League. Because just the standard of, of, of the quality is just is that on a, diff, is on a higher plane. And that's the issue that we've got, is that we can't have this long-term project if the present is as poor as it is today. That's that's kind of the issue. Um, let's go to Namandi, who says, yesterday was a watershed moment. We uh, eschewed the obvious option to match their um, formation and repeated last season's Xhaka at left-back fiasco. Arteta can't be trusted. Venkatesh says, Tom, kids versus men. And that's the thing. How many channels did you see that used the tagline, boys versus men? And that's exactly what it was. That's what we've got. We've got kids. We've got. It's a team full of kids. You can't expect those. And the thing is, of those kids and of the rest of the team, it's the young ones that are the ones dragging us. It's your Lakongas, it's your Smith Rose, it's your Sackers. They're the ones that are dragging us out of these bad, like as much as they can. The experienced heads, the Maries, who had a dreadful game, Xhaka, that wasn't the best. Look, it's it's really, and I'm struggling to find other names because we don't really have that many. We don't have any other experienced heads in the team. I don't think we had any player over the age of 30 in yesterday's lineup, did we not? Is there any player over the age of 30? Like, it's it's a real concern. 
it's a real concern that we lack those leadership figures in the team. And I know that just because you're older doesn't equate to leadership. But the thing is, you buy experience that has quality, that has those characteristics. And we lack that. We really, really lack the balance in the team. Dave uh, says, exactly, Mandy, great point. We should have matched them up all over the park. And we didn't. We talked a lot about that on the reaction show yesterday. You can see my kind of ranty thoughts on the game from last night in yesterday's show. Ty says, how can we uh, How can we all see this, Tom? But a man who gets paid millions cannot see these issues in experience and arrogance. And I think it is that. I think Arteta is very, very kind of isolated in a bit of a bubble, surrounded by some coaches that are just there to be like, yes, sir. <laughs> it does very feel much. It doesn't feel like he's being challenged because nothing's changing. It's just con a continuation. His answers, his answers of like the reaction of the fans annoys me. When he said that, let me try and find the, the quote. I've got the press conference up. Um, he was asked about the booze. I'm sure he was asked about the booze. I can't find it. Arsenal's website is, is a little bit skewed. Let's see if I can find... I'm pretty sure that Chris Wheatley tweeted out the full press conference. Um, here we go. Full transcripts on the boos. Is the booing at halftime and the full time a worry? He says, no, I saw a lot of excitement from the beginning. They really tried to push the team. When you're 2-0 down at halftime, no one is going to be happy. It should be a worry. I hate booing, right? I talked a lot about booing yesterday. I think it's stupid. But at the end of the day, it was there. It was present. And to say that it's not a worry, to say no to that question is just dismissive. Uh, it's, it lacks context. It's cowardly is what it is. You're not addressing it. You're not addressing the problem. To just dismiss it and to dismiss the negative energy is, you know, it is just... It's, it's, it is arrogant, it's stubborn, and it, it needs to be addressed. Now, those that were booing, I, I will maintain, I just don't agree with them. I think I think it's idiotic to boo. Why would you boo Lekonga? <laughs> Why are you booing Lekonga? It's weird. But at the end of the day, to just dismiss that question and just be like, no, it's not a worry, even in itself. Like, you should be worried that fans are booing your players that you think are having a great performance. Why are you not answering that? Why are you not responding to that? That's a shame. Uh, let's go to your who says I think Arteta may start to see the fans in a different light the more they make their displeasure no and maybe this is something that maybe this is something that um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, that we missed last season that we didn't have in the ground that when we were as awful as we were there was no one to you know there wasn't the shouts there wasn't the calls from the ground uh, there wasn't the the groans uh, the displeasure uh, in the ground, the negative feeling for them to, you know, sense how bad things were. I've been at Crystal Palace when we were 3-0 down at Selhurst Park. I've seen a thousand fans chant, you're not fit to wear the shirt. I've been in and amongst it when it's happened. And look, it's just, it's a really hard time. And it's, it's it needs to be so measured in how we as fans address these situations. But at the end of the day, you know and I know that you know and I know that there are things wrong and that they're not being addressed. Clive said the fans really wanted to support the team, and there was a lot of supportive singing. That's what Arteta focused on, and there was Clive. And you're right. I just think it's insanity to focus on just that and to not address the negatives. He's so dismissive of, of any kind of question towards him. Do you remember 
There's a clip of, um, I think it's Charles Watts, after James Benj asks a question about his style of play. And he just backs it away. He just dismisses it. Because it's because he's so not, it feels like he's so not used to being questioned. He's so not used to being asked. And credit to, to James and to Charles for asking the question. But he just seems so dismissive of any kind of, anyone questioning what he's doing. Not willing to take on that side of things. And I do understand it. Like, I do get, that the perspective of going, I'm a qualified coach, I'm in the business, you're a journalist, how can you question what I'm doing? But we can because we know football. I think that's something about fans that's completely disregarded is fans do know football more than I think they give it, they give us credit for. But it's it's really frustrating that how dismissive and you know shuns it to one side that it is. Um it's really, it's really frustrating. Uh, Avanash says, even after losing 2-0, the fans cheered Kieran Tierney on when he was chasing the ball. The fans showed heart and the players did. As I said, from speaking to people that were in the ground yesterday, Clive, I know you were there. Uh, speaking to Pablo who was in the ground, he said the atmosphere was electric at the start. Like It gave you goosebumps when you walked into the ground because everyone was so proud to be back. Um, and that's it. Yeah, Clive, Amy did ask about there not being a back three. Let me find the answer for that. Uh let me find the answer for the back three question. Uh, let's go to scroll down a bit further. Were you tempted to go with a back three today to match them like you have done in the past? I did think about all the options that you can imagine, but as well as we were hit by the pandemic and the situation in the week, we have beaten those teams playing three at the back and we beat Chelsea playing with four at the back. They were better than us today. When do we beat Chelsea with four at the back? Let me just have a quick check of our history of playing with a four at the back. Um, we obviously lost today. We beat Chelsea at home in the 3-1 win. Arsenal 3-1 Chelsea. Um, what was the lineup that day? We played with Bellerin holding Marie Tierney. Was that ironically, Marie and Holding were were the two centre-back partnerships. Um, Elneny and Xhaka, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, Lacazette, Saka. The only changes, the only changes from Arsenal's team in yesterday's game in comparison to the 3-1 win was Laconga, Cedric and Pepe. I'm trying to look for any others, but I don't think. Cedric, Laconga and Pepe in for Lacazette, Bellerin and Elneny. Now, how much better is the team, um, how much better is a team of take away Lacazette, take away, why am I not sharing the screen so you can see it? I'm a moron. Give me a second. Let me just share this screen for you. Let me get rid of this. Stop screen, share screen. So this was the team, two teams that played in the 3-1 win uh, sorry if you're listening on audio only. I will describe it as best I can. These were the two teams that played against each other when we beat them 3-1 at home. Yes, we played four at the back. But the key difference is, look at Chelsea's team. Look at the difference. Lukaku over Tammy Abraham is, is ridiculous. They then, this is again, and remember, look at, this, look at Chelsea's system. Look at what they're playing. They're playing a back four. So we've matched them. So Arteta says we beat them playing a back four, but we didn't beat them playing against their back three system. So that, his comment doesn't make sense, does it? Because saying that we've beaten them under him playing this 
doesn't it doesn't equate because they were playing the same system as us. So that's frustrating. That it's it's naive, isn't it? Because and it was against and yes, yeah, so it was against Lampard's team. It wasn't against Thomas Tuchel, who is far and away a better coach than than Frank Lampard. It's that's what's frustrating. Is because it's 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 taking us for fools that answer because it's like we're not going to go and check. It doesn't expect us to go and check. Yes, we did play a back four and we beat Chelsea with a back four, but they had a back four. They also didn't have Lukaku. They didn't have Havertz playing. Like it's it's such a different team to what we went up against. And and we had three different players in the team. Arguably a worse team. Cedric, I, I don't think Cedric's any better than Bellerin, to be honest. Um, Elneny, obviously, is... <laughs> Lukonga played better than Elneny did. Um, or Elneny does in general. I thought Elneny had a good game that day. was one of the key parts of that team. But Lacazette and Pepe being out. Is Saka, Martinelli and Smithrow a better three behind... Uh, a central striker than what we played, which was Smith Rowe, Saka, and Pepe. Um, I mean, you swap out Pepe with Lacazette. I'd rather we had a Lacazette up top than a Martinelli, to be honest. So, if anything, the team that we played yesterday was slightly worse than the team that we played back in box back on Boxing Day. But to, to to say that we've beaten them playing a back four, it's just ignorant, isn't it? Because they didn't play a back three that day. We matched them for that system so we didn't match them today so you know it's a moot point that's really bugged me i might write about that <laughs> that's really bugged me that is. thanks clive for that <laughs> appreciated um anyway we're going to wrap things up there thank you so much uh, for tuning in please do drop a like on the video please subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show Oh, right. Breathe. Just breathe, everyone. Just chill. We've got a couple of days and then it's West Brom and maybe we can get behind an actual win. Um, I'm actually going to celebrate like mad if we score. I don't care if it's West Brom, but I miss a goal. I miss a, What was the last time we celebrated a goal? Was it on the last day of last season? I didn't celebrate the, the, the pre-season goals. <laughs> like, I just haven't celebrated a goal in so long. I'm going to celebrate like mad if we score against West Brom. Because that's, yeah, I've just missed the feeling of a goal. That's the level that it's got to. Um, thank you for tuning in. I'll be back later, actually. Uh, I'll be back later on today uh, with a podcast with the one and only Harry Simeu, Andrew and Owen at uh, 8 p.m. UK time. So make sure you uh, join us uh, this afternoon, this evening. Uh, so that's 8 p.m. UK time. Uh, to discuss in kind of a more constructive sense. I feel like I've ranted, I've ranted and raved about this and we will have a lot of, <laughs> there will be criticisms, but I do want to focus kind of on what needs to change. How do we go into the game against Man City and change? I think we all know that the back three is the best option, but more than that, we need to do more. So we're going to talk about how Arsenal recover. How can we improve things? So if you're a bit sick and tired of hearing people moan about Arsenal, we're going to try and put a different spin on it. We're going to try and talk about things in a constructive way. So please do join us at 8 p.m. tonight. I'll also be joining the boys over in the Arsenal Lounge uh, with Lev and Shaheen at 6 o'clock. Uh, so make sure you tune in with those guys as well. Um, but I will see you a little bit later on tonight. Have an absolutely great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.